What's good, y'all? What's up with it? It's your girl, Poppy. And I'm Joanna, but you can call me Joe. Hey, y'all. It's Sierra. And you're tuned in to season two of the Girl Let Me Tell You podcast. Okay, I can't believe that we're back for season two. This is actually so crazy. I'm really excited that we finally get to start back doing this. But it's February, which means Black History Month. Love that for us. So in the spirit of all things Black and just celebrating Blackness, question of the day, what is your favorite thing that Black people do that only we understand? I am ready for this question. My favorite thing is how Black people can communicate with just sounds. No words. And you just know what they're saying. That is like mm-hmm. icing cake for me. That's my that. favorite thing that Black people do. Just, Because you know the people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. My favorite thing is that we can turn anything regular into a beat. So like, Miss Mary Mac, you get Miss Mary Mac, 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 all dressed in black, black, black. Favorite thing. I love it. I think for me, the fa- my favorite thing about black people and the things that we do is the honesty of everything. Like, have you ever gotten maybe kind of dressed up and then you walk out the room and your mom and your aunties, your uncles, whoever, what you getting dressed up for? What you wearing that for? We gonna tell you if it looks good. We gonna tell you if it looks bad. Yep. But it's all out of love. It's never malicious. For the most part, we just looking out for you. We just yeah. looking out. All right, y'all. So, you know, this is the month of February, which is, drumroll please, uh, Black History Month. No. This is the first time in a long time that Black History Month has not given Black History Month to me. Mm. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, usually I when agree. I get to February, I'm like, oh, it's Black History Month, and I'm live. It is. It. But, like, now, I'm just, I'm not feeling the same way. I don't, I don't really know what that's about. I think part of it, for me, we were, y'all know, I'm up here in North Texas. We had the little snow storm, okay? So, the mm-hmm. roads were very much iced over. Mm-hmm. So, I was stuck in the house that opening week of February. So, I was expecting to be at work, like, I'm black, Black History Month, let's celebrate. No, baby, I was in the house. I couldn't go nowhere. It was just not giving that. that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was an ice storm for me. Maybe it was something else. I don't know. What do y'all think? I honestly don't remember that as a Black History Month until I'm on like Instagram or something and they're like, look at these accomplishments of black people. I'm like, because it's Black History Month. <laughs> and then I'm just like, <laughs> like oh snap so like there's a lot going on but it's just like I have to be reminded that it's black history for me it's also interesting being in an educational setting because you think about how like a lot of the schools just around the country are trying to like get rid of the critical race theory and they're like not even wanting to teach kids about black history they're not wanting to make it anything that's like 
relevant. Black history is just so integral to the United States. I don't see how we can't talk about it. I don't see why we won't talk about it. I can definitely attest to that because I work with kids, um, not in school, but like in the after school program. Mm -hmm. Baby, when I ask these little babies, I say, y'all, it's February. What does that mean? Valentine's Day. Great. Yes. But more importantly, what does that mean? I had a little, my little black homegirl. She said, it's Black History Month. I said, yes, let's talk about it. Yes. This little white kid uh, said, no, that's racist. We don't need to talk about that. And I had to remember that I'm at work and I said, watch what you're saying. <laughs> not to this Let's not do that. <laughs> I did. And I'm thinking like, why is, why is this racist to bring up Black History Month? It's literally a celebration of a culture, a celebration of an entire group of people that quite literally built this country. Quite literally. Um, if we're going to be honest. Literally, we are. America. We are America. Basically, we, we are. are. We are the trends. We are the history. We are the reason that America is America. There's so many just influential things that Black people have invented, have created, have done, have slaved to build and create for America, and they want to remove that from the education system? In the state of Oklahoma, that is like House Bill 1775. That is a law here in Oklahoma. It is a law? Mm-hmm. What, what's the law? Here, I got y'all. I'm going to read it to y'all. Okay, so it's like broken up into like eight sections. Like they're really trying to make their point. But um, so one is one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. An individual by virtue of his or her race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, oppressive, and all this other stuff. And then it goes on to say more. So basically it's just like if you teach about Black History Month and maybe a white student feels uncomfortable, then you can't teach it because it's suppressing them. That making them feel like, oh, because I'm white, that means that like I'm automatically racist or like it's my fault and they feel uncomfortable. And so basically you have to protect what you say about Black History Month or they will feel like it's their fault. They'll feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And because of that law, like the teacher has to go through a whole like process. So it can go like suspension, disciplinary action. You can get your license revoked, all the things. Even if the student goes home and tells their parent how they feel, the parent can be like, mm, I don't like that. Or mm, you should feel uncomfortable. And then the parent can take action against like the teacher and all the things. But see, the double standard that we have in America about being offended and feeling offended and how black people always have to just take so much heat, but we always have to be the bigger person about it. And we always have to just swipe it under the rug. But the Mm. one time, the one time a white person is uncomfortable in any type Mm -hmm. of situation, they completely create new rules and laws to again, oppress the black person, the black body. And that right there is like, if y'all don't understand that the things that you are doing right now are still and continually oppressing the black people. Let me stop. Let me this stop. This is what's crazy. I'm about to get hot. This is what's crazy. I'm about to say this and I'm not sorry about it because this is just how I feel. If you're white and you feel uncomfortable about black history and just the truth about how this country was built i don't feel sorry for you i think you should feel away because that is just the reality of the world that we live in and baby listen 
listen, I am not about to, what's the word, minimize my blackness and my people and my culture because you feel some type of way about the truth because that's exactly what it is. It's the truth. If we getting uncomfortable about the history of this nation, throw all the history books away because it talks about slavery, Martin Luther King, oppression, racism, prejudice, all of it. Right. And it all has to do with exactly what Poppy just said, making white people feel more comfortable about making us go through hell, basically. It's okay to be uncomfortable. I feel like our world, our society needs to learn how to be okay being uncomfortable so that we can move to a more progressive future. Because what I don't want is my child having to go to school and then not being able to learn about the history and the backbone of our country and his own culture and his own history. Baby, I'm gonna have to teach this at home because what we're not about to do is change the entire trajectory of our future because a couple of white people or a few white people in America feel uncomfortable. When black people have been uncomfortable since the moment we were taken on those freaking ships in Africa. We have been uncomfortable in our ancestry. We And because our ancestors were uncomfortable, it has gone down in our bloodline. And you can say that it hasn't, but there is so many things just within the black community and within black people that we still are battling and fighting with and trying to reverse and change while we're still fighting these same issues in America. Exactly. But just look at like media representation. It was either on Twitter or Instagram. One of them had me all the way messed up because apparently in either Disneyland or Disney World, they hired a new Princess Tiana. And baby, this is not Princess Tiana. This is like Princess Jessica or something because she's very much white. It is a white woman. And yes, yes, yes. Should I find it? Uh-uh. Should I find it? Y'all haven't seen it? And not to mention, I don't know if y'all uh, have ever seen the movie Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. When it came out in mm-hmm. 20, 2018, something like that. There was a, the, a second part of the movie, or like a second Wreck-It Ralph 2, where they brought back all the Disney princesses. And there was a whole ordeal about how they had whitewashed Princess Tiana. Because, you know, in the original movie, she had all her black features, you know, beautiful skin, curly mm-hmm. hair, you know, everything. Baby, when this Wrecker Ralph movie came out, she looked like me. Light skin, skinny nose. Bro, I'm going to have to go back she and had watch cur- because I yes. do not remember Thank this. You. Yes, they had completely whitewashed her. I kid you not. Wow. I kid you not. You know, one thing I will say for sure is that Disney is doing a good job in trying to put Black stories and Black people kind of at the forefront with um, The Little Mermaid being played by Halle Bailey, okay? Um, So I'm excited for that. It should have came out during Black History Month, you know what I'm talking about? But we'll wait. We'll wait for a couple of months, but I think that's going to be really cool and really interesting for just kids to see um, themselves, especially in like a big ticket Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. I love that that's happening. I'm really excited about that. And it kind of gives me some, some hope, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in terms of how media is going to start representing black women and just black people in general, um, just to be able to see that sort of support, that kind of allyship from this like mega corporation like Disney, I think yeah. it, it gives me something to look forward to for, you know, me having kids and then being able to see her and feeling represented. I saw a lot of TikToks of like little black girls reacting to the little mermaid yes. being black. And I was, it was like, so sweet. It was, it was, it was I was cute. like, oh my God, yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yes. I just, I live for that. And even like, like white kids too, and their, their white parents teaching them, you know, why it's important to support black, not even just black people, but just like minorities in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and just teaching them a lot about allyship and what that looks like. Um, I want to read the definition of allyship though. I brought it up. I pulled it up so we could get into this gig to make Let's sure that we know it. what we're talking about. Um, allyship for those that don't know is the active support for the rights of a minority or marginalized group without being a member of it. So when we're talking about allyship in terms of black people specifically, since this is black history month and we we're specializing in blackness, um, I want to know y'all's thoughts on what allyship means to you and how you feel like um you've seen that manifest or have you not seen it manifest in your life with your white friends or counterparts or counterparts there we go okay man i honestly don't know allyship and friendship is such an interesting topic because i have a couple of white friends but when they try to be an ally that's when this the dynamic gets a little weird because i feel like they're really trying to like mm-hmm. they're like overcompensating More for food. the things that are happening you know what exactly. i mean when it's just like i just need you to be you yeah mine's most like literally the same like i just want an ally to be aware mm-hmm. like you don't always have to do the most and be like oh 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 like be aware that there's injustices and like when the, when it's time to stand for something wrong or injustice things like that like stand with us like don't be oblivious. Don't act like, well, they should have done it or they should, you know, like just be like, okay, that was wrong. And I'm going to stand with, you know, black people, black counterparts on things and, you know, fight for what's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say this too. Sometimes I feel like I can see the intent behind the, the over support. If that's, if that's mm-hmm. the best way I can put it, I can see the intent. I can tell when it's genuine, when you're trying to make me feel like you can empathize with me. So I see it there, but there does come a point when it feels like a performance because Mm -hmm. when you're with me, you can perform and you can play in my face. But what happens when I'm not there? Do you stick up for me when other people talk about the way that I look or the way that my friends look Mm -hmm. or my family looks or how my, my kids might look? Like, do you stick up for me? Do you buy into it? Or do you not say anything at all? Because sometimes silence can be worse. honestly Mm -hmm. not saying anything that can that can hurt a lot deeper for me um so i think what we can discuss how do y'all think that we can kind of paint the picture for our white friends or our white counterparts like do you think there is a balance will there ever be a balance between being an ally and being a friend can you be both does that even exist because of the gray area that comes with just existing in Mm -hmm. this world when I was in college, I had um, a friend group of people. Most of us were black. Um, and there was one girl in the group who was not. She was the best ally I think I have ever experienced in my life. She knew about the laws. She knew about the racism. She knew about, she would come and educate us about stuff that was going on in society. We'd be like, dang, girl, are you keeping up with it? But it wasn't in a way that was like, I'm telling you because you need to know. I, You know, it wasn't in type in some type of like I want to be better I need to know this it was in a hey I seen this happen in the community and I want to support you I want to help you she would always show up to any type of um, events that we would have she would show up she would support and she would really just be there 
Um, and so I think, and but in the reality of things, I don't know if we were ever really friends, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, I don't know if I ever like, if we were real life friends or if she was like, I'm an ally. And so for me, that's where the gray area comes in because people can be really great allies and you don't ever have to be friends with them. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And then you can have friends that don't know how to be an ally. And it's just like, they're living in their own world, but me and them are cool. So I think it's mm -hmm. really, it's really a, a big gray area for me, but I have experienced a relationship with someone who was a really great ally, a really great advocate, and just a really great supporter in general. And I appreciate people like that who can just do it, do that out of the genuineness of their heart. That's yeah, so interesting. Like that's good. Yeah. That, that is interesting. I feel like for me, like a friend is someone that like actually sees me as a person that knows more than that. I'm just like a black woman, but like they, like they know more about me. And I feel like an ally is just someone that's like, you're a black person. We have to fight for rights and for freedom and this, that, and the other, and change this law and change that ice cream and just all the things just like, okay, like, thanks. But like, I'm a person as well who is a black woman. And so I just think that a friend is like, I see you allies, like, let's change these laws. So are we implying that the two can't coexist? I think they can. They can. You think they can? Yeah. I think that they can too. Have I seen that in myself? No. I've seen it in other people's relationships and just, but from the outside looking in, it looks like a performance. Oh, I got to help this, this little black boy. Let's, let's do all these things for him. Let's buy him this or let's, but not even her. It's, a, it's more, mainly like the, the black young black boys that it happens to. Like, I got to support him and support his family. And then I'm going to make a post about why I love and support black people. They, they just trying to make the blind side a real story for them. That's what they try to listen, do. That's what they try to do. Listen, it's like actually manifesting in, in real life. And yeah. that's why I think I think they can coexist. I want to believe that they can coexist, but I just haven't seen that for myself. And you know what's so funny? I have seen instances where white people will be um, friends with black people for a certain amount of time or whatever, but be like just the best ally ever. They're in the black meetings. They're in the NAACP. They're in these things and they're making change and progress. And da, 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 da. But then the friendships with black people never really stick. So it's like, I, I I see where you're wanting the change to come maybe in like a big grand scheme of things. But on the platonic level, when you see a black person in the supermarket, when you see a black person at a basketball game, when you see a black person sitting next to you at a restaurant, what does your mind say? What does your mind do? How do you think? Where does the gray not be gray? So I agree. I think that friendship and allyship can be um, like happen simultaneously. But have I experienced it? No. And that just OK, this is kind of off topic. I was working at a restaurant. My first job, I was a waitress. Mm -hmm. And I remember one night I was working with one other girl and this family came in. It was a mom, a black mom. And I think she had maybe three or four kids. They were not in my section. I had the left side. Somebody else had the middle. She had the right side by the door. She looks over makes his face, looks at me and says, can you please take them? And I'm thinking, I'm going to get this money. I, I, 
absolutely I will take them. But in my head, I'm like, why? This is your section. That's your responsibility. Everybody else been sitting in your section today and they just so happen to be mm-hmm. not black people. But because you have this preconceived notion that, oh, black people just loud. They just rambunctious. Oh, I don't know what she got going on with her kids, but I don't want to be over there because they're just doing too much for me. So I'm going to send you over there because you're black. So you might be able to take care of that Mm -hmm. better than I can. Mm -hmm. Well, I will gladly take that off your hands because I don't need you disrespecting them in front of me because that's not right. But I just remember that experience and being like, I wish that you would have handled that differently because you don't know who you don't know who that lady is. You don't know what she's going through. Mm-hmm. Or, or anything you don't know her story but because you think you know what you know you said mm, I'm just not gonna I don't want to deal with that today okay question now that we're on this tangent do we think that black people or just this is a very general question we're not speaking for every black person in America and I you know what I'm talking about but yes. do you think that black people um, are able to synthesize with people's stories before we actually meet them like how you were able to say, you don't know who this black woman is. You don't know her story. I'll go help them because A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Do we think that black people are just more apt to think that way? Now, Sierra, what do you think? <laughs> I've just been talking a lot. I think we are, but I think so just because we know that like we're human beings. Like I feel like other people treat us like we're aliens or something from like a different planet. And so I think because we're just like, okay, my skin color is black, but like we're still people. So we're able to see a person be like, just because doesn't mean I'm going to like do something else if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I, I, I see you. So like you could be going through something hard in your life. You could this, that, and the third. And just because of that, it doesn't mean I'm going to treat you a different way. Like I'm just going to help you, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like going off of like doing the story. So I think we do have that ability but it's just because, like, we know that we're people, like, we're human beings. Right. And so it just comes naturally. I don't, no one's perfect, in my opinion. I think something like that, I think, has to be built over time. And it can be, like, strengthened depending on the type of experiences you have or whether or not you're willing to learn. Because um, I think, and I, I will be honest, there are, there's ignorance across the board whether you're black, white, Asian, Mexican, it don't matter. There's ignorance across the board. And I've had some ignorant comments made about me from my own people and even from white people. So I think it exists no matter who you are, how you identify. Um, But I think our ability still as black people to sympathize with each other, it it just hits different. Mm -hmm. Um, I, that's where I'm going to come from. I think that we just have that innate ability to understand our own experiences. So when we see things like that happening, it's like, I got you, you know? Yeah, no, that definitely does mm-hmm. make sense. I think I think Black people do have an innate ability to empathize and understand regardless of the person's race or ethnicity. And I think that comes from when our ancestors were slaves. We were slaves and we were beaten and we were bruised, but we were still able to say, oh, Massa is going through a lot right now. Even when they were still ridiculing and treating us like trash. But I do think that black people just in general have an innate ability to understand people and to see past 
um, just what we see when we initially meet someone. Um, a lot of the times, just me, I would speak for myself. I, I, I automatically see myself in other people. And I don't see it in a way that's like, oh, like they're white. I see myself. Like, no, I see I see myself in them because all of us in, in the world have similar experiences, just a different perspective. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. I think it's so important for us to really kind of take a step or take a pause when we are experiencing different things with people and to say, you know what, let me try to not let my ignorance overtake this situation because everybody, like Joanna said, everybody has their own ignorances, biases, prejudices. But I think if we can just consciously decide to work past our ignorances or work through them, then we could come to a better and a more progressive world and where we can understand and accept other people. In my opinion, because this is something that's just kind of how the world operates and how it exists, I just, there will just never be a balance. And that is just what saddens me. I feel like, like we can never, I feel like we can never truly get to that point, white, black, Asian, whatever, where we just see people for who they are and the world is just fine and dandy, lollipops and rainbows. I agree. Because as great as that would be, that's just not our reality. And it just, it just sucks. Well, I'll, that's why I always say we could be more progressive. We could be more yeah. understanding because there's, I don't think yeah. there's ever going to be an equal balance, but I do think that we can move towards a more understanding world. We're talking about creating a balance and being more progressive, but there's still like things that we buy into, even if it's like jokingly, like for example, every time Black History Month comes around, I always see a tweet. If you white cash at me $10 right now. <laughs> okay. And then I might retweet it because it's funny, but then somebody could see it and be like, dang, is that how, is that how you really feel? Like, no, they're not going really at me. It's, <laughs> no, they're not going to really, <laughs> they're not going to really cash out me $10, but it's like just the little things that we might still buy into while still wanting there to be some sort of like progressiveness. And I understand you and you understand me, even though we're not the same. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I yeah, hear. I mean, I think there's cultural differences, like with the tweet, with the joke. I mean, there's cultural differences. So stuff is just going to be funny. Like, I'm not going to stop, like, being culturally different. Like, it's just going to be what it is. Like, I'll explain it to you, maybe, but that's gonna, what's going to be what it is. But, like, when it gets to, like, superior, like, all the white people bow down to me type of thing, like, I'm better, like, this type of the other, like, I think that's, like, completely wrong because just, like, well, that's why, you know, we mad at the white people, you know, type of thing. You're like, that's how yeah. this whole thing kind of happened. Um, one race thought they were better than the other, or ethnic, however we were. But, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't know any of that. that. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I heard, and I quote, as <laughs> end quote. Really? Because I thought I did good. I was like, no, oh, I thought I did so bad. No, ma'am. You did not. I said, what? <laughs> and we're gonna tell you we didn't understand it that's the honesty see sometimes when we talk fast we can understand each other <laughs> but there's other times when we gotta break it down one two three run it back one more time from the top right but all i was just saying that all, all to say is because i do see some things on both ends of the spectrum where it may be like a little jokey joke and then it may be like sierra said black people are superior and I'm like, where do we 
where do we draw the line? Like, where do we create the balance? Like, yes, cash had me $10 if you like, it's like history month, period. But also, I'm not going to, like, buy into the whole idea that Black is better um, like than any other race because it's not I think I think every everyone is equal um, but also at the same time like there has to be some sort of balance because it can't all just be a joke and it can't all just be you know this is the facts you know what I'm saying so because at, at one point it just becomes more about how you feel than less about like what's truth I like that girl that's a good note to mm-hmm. end on because that's the <laughs> truth right there I like that a lot. Um, and I love this conversation. I just, every time we come together on the girl, let me tell you, podcast, <laughs> it hits different. But I appreciate yes. y'all so much for coming on this podcast, coming on this episode, and just really sharing your heart and sharing your mind. Um, because for us, um, that means a lot. And to have this platform means a lot. So I just want to say thank you guys again. And y'all know it's time to get into game time. Y'all yes. know it's game. Every episode of Girl, Let Me Tell You podcast is game time. Exactly. Okay. Um, and so in the light of Black History Month, in the light of Black Power, um, <laughs> we are going to be playing the game called Black Card Revoked. Okay. And let me tell y'all how that go. So it's going to be not my country. It's going to be. Not my country accent coming it's out. Gonna be. It's gonna be, be, be. It's gonna be, be, be. It's gonna be, be, be. Get it, a, be, be, be. Get it. Okay. There's the beat that we <laughs> talked about in the beginning. <laughs> Everything's a song. Every day. Everything is a song. Every day. It's called flavor. Question number one. Who has better biscuits? Is it A, Red Lobster, B, Popeyes, C, KFC, or D, Bojangles? And this is majority rules. Who has better biscuits? What is Bojangles? I ain't never been to Bojangles. Girl, me either. So we can eliminate that one. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say I haven't had KFC in a while. Okay. The lady on the Popeye's commercial is my girl. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Popeye's biscuits. What? Baby, I'm going Red Lobster. Mm-hmm. Them cheesy butter biscuits at Red Lobster? Red Lobster. That Popeye's biscuit will... You be choking. It's so dry. <laughs> you, you, need, you need honey and lemonade and water and everything to eat that Popeye's biscuit. Baby, but I'm going to Red Lobster. Lobster yeah, I... Mm-hmm. So what are y'all choosing? I'm saying I'm KFC. KFC, okay, KFC, they do have a good biscuit. Mm, I ain't never ate their biscuits. We're gonna go, did y'all, we're gonna go KFC. I ain't never had their biscuits. I don't eat KFC. Bro, fine. Okay, KFC has a better biscuit. Moving on. I really want y'all to choose Red Lobster. I cannot believe I really want y'all to choose Popeyes. Popeyes dry biscuit. Girl, you almost have because this is a multiple choice. So, Joanna Sierra, be prepared. If you mix Negro and Creole, what do you that do? That Texas baby, I love my baby, ever, baby, had I That's Beyonce, bitch. Okay. Sierra didn't know it, Joanna. So thank you for giving her the answer. Oh, well. 
Like, I knew the mixes, but I didn't know the next lyrics. When she said Texas Bama, then I was like, Texas Bama, because that's all I knew. Woo! All right, another majority rules. Y'all ready? Yes. Majority rules. What is the best music movie of all time? A, The Five Heartbeats. B, Dreamgirls. C, The Temptations. Or D, Purple Rain. Majority rules. I'm in between Dreamgirls and Temptations. Same. Same. Listen. Same. We'll make you happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can dream. Oh, oh, I got me a Cadillac. <laughs> got me a Cadillac car. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Listen, baby Eddie Murphy. Bro, I think I'm I'm with Dream Girls. I'm a Dream Girls. I know the whole mm. soundtrack. I'm a drink. But the way you my window, I watch her as she passes by. Oh yeah. Bro, Dream has Jennifer Hudson, Beyonce, Jamie Foxx, and uh oh my god, Princess and the Frog. Anika. Anika respect. Listen, but we are talking about Motown. Okay, the legendary Motown, Barry Gordy Motown, Smokey Robinson. Tis true. I gotta go with Temptations. As much as I love Dream Girls, I gotta go with the Temptations. The Temptations was good. I can go with the Temptations. I can yeah. go with the Temptations, but I don't be listening to the soundtrack. Like I'm not even a lot of you. I don't listen to the Dream Girls. Out well. If we talking about music soundtrack, I'm gonna go with Dream Girls. It says the best music movie. The best music movie. Dream Girls. Temptations is classic. Temptations is a classic. It's really but good. Dream Girls. But the soundtrack music yeah. on Dream Girls, I have to choose it. Yeah. I have it to. I, yeah. I think I actually I'm bought this CD off of Amazon. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I think like I have the soundtrack, soundtrack is bomb. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dream Girls music. Dream Girls. Motown, she's still that girl though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which female rapper? Are you most likely to take off the ox when an older relative is riding in the car? A, Trina. B, City Girls. C, Nicki Minaj. Or D, Lil' Kim. City Girls. City Girls. City Girls. <laughs> City Girls make a wish like right <laughs> Yeah, we want that. It's time for the twerk later. It's yeah. time for the twerkulator. My granny be like, what's the twerkulator? <laughs> no, you know, granny back in the day might have been twerkulating. Okay, she might have been. <laughs> they was all twerkulating and they act like they wasn't. Come on now. <laughs> in what year was the NAACP founded? A, in the 99-2000s. B, 1749. C, 1909 or D, 1887? Why they put that 1700 something on there? Like we just had all the connections back then. I'm going to say 1909 because that sounds closer to when things started kind of almost not really moving around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say the 18 one, but let's say the 18. Okay. Joanna, are you keeping your answer? I'm keeping my answer. Okay. The NAACP was founded in 
1909. Period. Process of elimination. Some things just don't make sense. <laughs> well, that's good, y'all. That's the end of the game. I know that's right. We did good. We did, we did good. really good. Well, all right, y'all. That's the end of our episode today. To Joanna and Sierra, thank you both so much for joining me on this podcast and chatting with me today. To all the listeners and watchers out there, we appreciate you so, so much more than you know. And yes, y'all, you know, the conversation does not stop here. But in the meantime, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. And our episodes release bi-weekly on Fridays at And of course, you know, you can always tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Girl Let Me Tell You Podcast. Thank y'all so much for tuning in again. Happy Black History Month. And we will see y'all next time on Girl, Girl Let Me Tell You. Let me tell you.